What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the 108 Bricks Podcast. I'm Dylan Buckwhites. Hi, everybody. Curtis Koch here. Well, shoot. <laughs> That's about all I could really say what here with start. it. What a start. What a start. Gosh. I, you know, I really need to stop saying la- in like our last episodes on how well... The next time we'll see how it turns out because I feel like every time I say that it's never good and then we just show up into this. Well, the, the trend that's on our <laughs> podcast is like, oh, we talk really badly about the Cubs this episode, but then in two weeks you're like, oh wow, they're all of a sudden really good again. And then I, sudden- it's always when we talk the most smack about the team. It feels like it it works out in our favor. So yeah. hopefully this episode, this is if the Cubs start picking up after this, it's all us. Um, 100% no (laughs) other credit to be due with it. You're welcome, Cubs fans. But alas, we are at the point in the season where we are questioning whether or not we should be hitting the panic button too early because while the record may not state that they completely stink, um, the Cubs stink. (laughs) And (laughs) it's a situation that I think everyone was kind of bracing for and was ready to be pleasantly surprised about it. Um, And we've talked about how our own uneasy feelings have been going into the start of this year and how things could kind of go in one direction or another with it. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is starting to lean towards that bad direction with it. Um, The Cubs right now are sitting at five and seven uh, after 12 games, uh, two weeks into the season. And as I mentioned, like while the record may not state it, they're not looking so good. Um, They've lost two of three to the Brewers, just lost two of three to the Pirates, who are essentially a triple A baseball team right now. (laughs) And probably have currently one of the worst offenses in all of baseball which is really weird to say when you have a lineup filled with names like javier baez chris bryant jock peterson and anthony rizzo but here we are where they're not hitting the ball well and pitching has been so so we've had some stellar performances and we've had some rough goes um with it already from that point, but really, I, I think a lot of what we're going to be touching on in this episode and and looking at is is the offense um, in particular. Yeah, uh, obviously the offense is the big storyline with this team. And Dylan and I, uh, ladies and gentlemen, were looking up facts and stats about this team's offense um, before we hit the record button and started, you know, doing our thing today. And just some of the stats that Dylan found was. Uh, <laughs> Pretty remarkable. <laughs> so through 12 games, the Cubs have 55 hits in 330 at-bats. Um, over a third of those, actually about, about a third of them, are strikeouts with 110 strikeouts total. 37 walks. And basically that all adds up to a hundred or a, a .167 batting average with only 32 runs scored. Gross. So obviously it's not, not good. It's not a good thing. And I'm I'm definitely playing Captain Obvious here, um, but it's definitely not a good thing when you're striking out one in three at bats. Well, <laughs> yes, but I, you know I think the other thing is too, Dylan. We we talked about you know can this Cubs team be a playoff team? And when we look at years past when the Cubs really rose to um, to prominence from 2015 
you know, up up until this now, because I still consider this the quote unquote golden age of Cubs baseball, even though it looks like that window is closing. <laughs> it's fading. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fading, fading. Yeah. Um, you look at that, and one of the things that the, the at least 2015, 16, and seventeen, the the team got off to a great start, and it just kind of carried throughout the rest of the year. Um, we saw a little bit of that in 2018, and then they fell short. 2019. You know, same sort of results. And then 2020, you know, they had a great short and regular season. But we talked about before that, you know, they, they come off to these great starts and they, they've fallen flat a few times over the last few seasons. Um, and we even mentioned, you know, this was only a 60-game season last year and that they still would have had 100 games to go and that the, with the way the offense was trending heading into the playoffs against the Marlins. The playoffs. Yeah, it, it was it was terrible. And the one thing also that sticks out to me is that remember when Jed Hoyer took over, he went out and said, you know, he was asked about the offense, you know, how are you going to get this, you know, team to kind of come back from the huge offensive rut it's been in. And he said, quote, the offense is going to look different. Well, the only really exception that looks quote unquote different is no Kyle Schwarber and in comes Jock Peterson. You can replace Kyle Schwarber striking out with Jock Peterson striking yeah. out, and and granted, like the Jock is that's the type of player that you got with Jock, right? Like he's known for having these stints where like he just strikes out a lot and and won't do anything, and then he'll he'll step up and and have that power and have that contact with it. Unfortunately, it's coming at a time where literally the entire offense has just kind of shut down accordingly with mm-hmm. it, and and it's tough to see because. You look at guys like Javier Baez, who is kind of known as like this wild card hitter, almost as a sense where he's kind of falling back into the his ways of like he'll either have some really good at bats or he'll just look completely lost the, the at the plate. At bat, the one at and, bat he had in Milwaukee the other day, he swung at a pitch that was probably three, not even no joking, two or three feet off the outside part of the plate he swung at, and it was like a fastball, and and those are just terrible at bats that just make you sit and be like, yep, that's and like, it sucks how the because offense this is. Was the, this was the season we were expecting to see the bounce back from him because he was one of those players who was outspoken in terms of getting the replay on the benches um, with it. And it's like, well, why can you not notice that? Like, obviously, you're not going to get a lot of pitches to really analyze if you're swinging at three sliders in the dirt. But where where's the adjustment? Where are these things coming? Like, Baseball is a sport about very small adjustments that can make Mm -hmm. very big impacts. And it doesn't seem like that is happening with it. You ask me and it's like some of these teams and and maybe because they we've gotten basically only games against the Brewers and Pirates recently (laughs) um, and which probably also doesn't help the case at all with it is they've figured out what their plan is for the Cubs and like they've had this game plan and shoot even with the Brewers they've had it, it seems like the, they've been using the same game plan for a while if you've no, even noticed how many times Wilson Contreras keeps getting hit like they have these these game plans and how they're going to pitch to the Cubs hitters and it works and the Cubs haven't adjusted back yet for it to really step up and be ready for it because all these teams are coming in and ready and doing what needs to be done to completely embarrass these guys at the plates. It's been an issue with the team for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with their exit from the wild card against the Rockies. 
um, with a disappointing finish, and it's kind of gone down from there. And I can agree to an extent that it's still early in the season. Like, that's a valid point to be making and shouldn't be used as a get get out of jail free card, but there's a lot of baseball left. There is, yeah. <laughs> like this 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 is 12 games in um and you have to take that into account but there is not there are less baseball games between now and the trade deadline and now in the end of the year and i think if you're a manager or someone who is really paying attention to baseball closely and especially this cubs team you're going to be looking probably closer to June um, as to where this team is standing. And if you look at it on that extent, there there's still a lot of baseball to be played, but it's much less baseball to be played. And that clock is ticking and ticking fast for this team to really try to turn it around. And they don't have a ton of time to do that. Um, It's going to be a rough stint of games for the Cubs. They have three against the Braves three against the the Mets and then another three against the Brewers Mm -hmm. um and by the time you get to maybe a somewhat decent team uh a decent matchup um to against the Reds you're already in May and then you're going back against the Dodgers Cleveland Detroit um and whatnot like May might be the month where they need to turn it around because I don't see them even coming close to competing with the Braves and the Mets right now it's just not gonna happen yeah and well and this is what we talked about in our last episode is that we know we looked at this team as like can this team win a World Series and we both agreed that no this team cannot win a World Series right now compared to all the rest of the teams in the American or in the American League and the National League Uh, right now the Cubs to me are probably a top 20 team in baseball. They're definitely in the two thirds of, you know, one of the better teams. They're not trying to tank or anything. Well, I mean, if you would have told me that they traded you Darvish over the off season for, you know, what they got in return, you know, I probably would have thought, okay, they're blowing this whole thing up. But anyways, that's getting off track here. But the, the point is, is though, is that, you know, this, we were talking about this before that this team is just not yet built for the playoffs and not built at this moment with the way they're currently hitting built for any sort of deep postseason run. Could they make the wild card? Yes. I, I think they could, but you're basically going to have Kyle Hendricks go. I would I'm not going to the wild card that. game. If, if, if they're hovering anywhere around 500, I don't want to say sell off the team, but you're going to have to start making more drastic changes with it. Um, and, and this is, this is a conversation more down the line with yeah. it. Um, and, and like, I don't want to sit here and be like, yep, start trading away, guys. Let's look for players right now. But like, in theory, looking down the line, if we're in June and they're still 500, they're still playing 500 baseball with lackluster offense, you might want to start looking to trade away some guys. Well, honestly, um, I'll, I'll give them to the end of May. Craig <laughs> Kimbrell, if he keeps this up, they can get a haul. They get a haul for. They could get a great haul. They can get a haul for Chris Bryant. Chris Uh, Hall. Chris Hall. Chris Bryant (laughs) would would also be a guy that would get a haul. Uh, There we go, Curtis. The English language isn't that hard. Uh, (laughs) The 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 haul that Chris Bryant would get if he currently keeps hitting the way that he has been in terms of he looks right now like the best offensive player on the Cubs. Uh, The power numbers, you know, not quite there. But in terms of contact, he's getting on base. Right now, he is the guy that's really driving this this team. You know, I, I think a lot of teams would look at that a lot of, as a yeah, possibility. Yeah, there's a lot of playoff teams that 
potential teams that could look into getting him. But then also the the only downside to Chris Bryant is obviously the contract situation. You can lose some value on that front, but there there still would be a team that would probably send away a lot of guys and then just extend him forever. Well, see, I, I think I think a team. Mm, let's look. Let me think about this for a second. I think a team that has been stacking up prospects. Um, well, I mean, look at the, the rumors that were happening in the offseason, like the Blue Jays had inquired about him, supposedly. I think if if the Cubs were going to trade him, there might be a young team that might just get hot and say, you know what, let's just put let's go all in here. You know, they yep. are like the Blue Jays are a team where they have a young core. They trade for a guy like Chris Bryant who can be in their lineup and maybe DH every once in a while or maybe put him at third base and put Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at, at the DH spot. You know, a team like that that already has a ton of prospects, you know, you want to go to a team that at least can develop. Um, the Dodgers would be out of the question because they're already stacked as it is with Justin Turner and other players there. Um, but the Dodgers might be a team that would maybe pay for a, a Craig Kimbrell, especially if they need the, the bullpen help. You yep. know, there, there's a lot of teams that would be, God, I think, willing to... I can't even imagine the Dodgers finding a way to do that, but I'm sure they would. They would. Well, well, especially because <laughs> of the fact that they, they already signed Mookie Betts to a long-term extension. They gave How Trevor Bauer a ton of money. They could make it and, work. Well, it, it could easily work, too, because, like, Kimberl has honestly, a year left on his contract. Well, you, well, you can get a guy like that for a couple of years to finish out the season, and you have a good shot. Yeah, like, well, well, I was going to say what, what you could do with Kimbrell is the Cubs might say you can we'll you can have him we'll we'll pay the rest of his salary but you got to give us prospects a b c and d and or a b and c and the Dodgers might be like okay and then they, they'll do that but the the Cubs would have to I would think retain the money so that the Dodgers wouldn't have to go over the salary cap these are all hypotheticals that were just coming up no, in, no, yeah in and, April and I don't I don't I think we'll cut it off there because we really don't want to go too far down yeah. that rabbit hole we're 12 games into the season so it, it it's a chance yes um in and I think the more when we check in again in two weeks from now and, and are looking at what's going on with it there's definitely going to be more to say uh and a better idea with what's happening but well at that point, I don't want to hit the panic button too yet season I don't want to be freaking out too early yet, but I do want to be well aware that this is a team that has history of some of offensive troubles. We were told there was going to be changes just as we were told in the past, there was going to be changes and we aren't seeing the results of it. Now, could it just be a terribly unlucky slump to start to the season? Absolutely. Can things turn around? Absolutely. Should we stay calm when we hear guys like Ross or or other players like Jock Peterson or Rizzo talk about how it's a 162-game season and things can turn around? Kind of. Because, as we mentioned, the clock's ticking. Mm -hmm. there, has, there, there is going to be an active team at this deadline, um, depending on what their record is. And that's where we need to be looking at right now is the next milestone and the next steps for the Cubs, because that's really what we're going, what's going to determine the, the future of this team. Um, so, so Dylan, let me ask you this. If you were on the Cubs coaching staff and we know that the offense has sucked, what have you noticed or what would you tell the players? Here's what you got to do to be better. Here's what we got to do to get our offense out of this rut. What, what's the first thing you're going to tell them, you know, to, to, look out for or to to do this or to do that gosh i have no idea <laughs> it's so hard because <laughs> i I'll, I'll tell you that for me i think it's just you got to have better at bats 
there are so many junk pitches that Javi is swinging at, that Rizzo is swinging at, that Jock Peterson. I mean, the strikeouts just speak for themselves. You got to really cut back on the the strikeouts. And the other thing that annoys me too, and this is this is something I noticed with Jock Peterson. Jock will get a pitch, a fastball, right in the heart of pit, right over the heart of the plate, first pitch, and he doesn't swing. I don't think he's swung at the first pitch all all year this year. So be a little bit more aggressive. Swing at those first early good pitches that you're going to see. I mean, that's why you're up in the orders because you're supposed to see those good pitches in the first place. Um, so I would, I, my advice would just be better at bats and. You know, if you if the pitch is there, don't just take it because it's your habit. Crush it. <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah, and it's so tough because, like, it's funny is, like, that's what they're talking about is, like, taking slower at-bats and really looking at that. And that See, might I be think, the adjustment they need. I don't know if, they're, at-bats. if that's something argue. that could be happening. It's just so hard. And, like, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a hitting coach. I'm not, I'm not a baseball expert. Um I don't know. There, there's got to be some adjustment that can be made because teams seem to be coming into the 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 series knowing exactly how to pitch to these guys and what to do to kind of to shut down the Cubs' offense, mm-hmm. and it's working. <laughs> um, you even look at the last few games they've played, and they haven't scored over four runs in their last six games. Mm-hmm. Like that's bad. That's really bad. Um, they've, they've had multiple games putting up zero, multiple games only putting up three to four hits um, as a team. And, and we've gone through the stats that bat, and obviously it's not pretty, and there's room to, to change with it. But when are we going to see that? Because we're going to need to start seeing it soon, and maybe it does happen against some of these good teams. Maybe we see them start competing with the Braves and see them start competing with the Mets um, and then can start making a run at getting above 500 again and, and really working to put themselves in a position to win the division potentially. But I'm not seeing that right now. Yeah. I'm not seeing it either. And are we freaking out too early? Um, Maybe I think just a little bit. I think one thing we have to remind ourselves is that it is a marathon. You know, this isn't, you know, a sprint to the finish that we had last year. Um, so if this was last year and the Cubs were starting off like this, then I would say, yeah, then they're not, they're not going to make it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my hopes up, but it is 162 game season this year. Um, they, they are kind of also, I'm not saying this is an excuse, but they do have a little bit of a COVID scare right now with uh, Kyle Hendricks being ill the other day. It wasn't COVID related, but you know, there, there's a little bit of something going on there with, with the, the COVID stuff. Um, I, I don't know. There there hasn't been a lot of um, positive, impressionable things that have been sticking out to me, at least, with the exception of just the one thing that's been at least nice to see is Chris Bryant being kind of Chris Bryant again a little bit. That's really been the only decent sign for me. The rest of this team has been eh. The, actually, you know what? I, I take that back. I, I have been relatively surprised about how well the bullpen's been holding up i'll I'll give the bullpen some credit here i've been relatively surprised because a lot of these earlier runs like for example the the game uh what was it against the pirates they scored seven in the bottom of the second off of zach davies so that's a a big you know not a good sign there but the the bullpen did a a good job you look at the 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 three to two win over the brewers on the 13th on tuesday um, Craig Kimbrell had a four out save 
And I think their wins have looked awesome. Like their wins have looked great. Yeah. In terms of a pitching standpoint, their losses have just looked really bad. Well, but Um, obviously the pitching blew up yesterday. Um, Even their wins, even though it's a win, a win is a win. They're still not scoring runs. (laughs) They're score. I don't think they've, they've won a game scoring more than five runs. Let's see. They are. I'm sorry. They won. They beat the Brewers three to two. They, Let's see. They beat the uh, the Pirates four to two. Um, they beat the Brewers five to three. They beat the Pirates four to three. They beat the Pirates five to one. So they haven't scored more than five runs or more than six runs and won a game yet this year. Yep. <laughs> and that comes which, off also after which brings up another problem that that could lead to a very slippery slope down the line, right? Um, because you look at the way the Cubs offense is playing and, and the way, and we've, we've been praising the pitching for a bit, but how much longer does that go for till this bullpen starts getting a lot more pressure to perform as well as they've been doing? Um, obviously there's been some blowups with, with large numbers being put up uh, mm-hmm. on certain innings, but if you have an offensive team that can't put up more than three runs, or you're always playing from behind potentially, or like it's, I'm already almost at that point where like, if the Cubs are the way the Cubs have been hitting, if a team puts up a run and the Cubs go down one or two runs early, this game's over, right? Like that, that that one run feels like four. And I don't want to say that's the mindset of, uh, if you're a pitcher, but like, if you are going out there thinking you need, you can't give up a run yeah, or you're, screwed then how like that's that's gonna be a lot more of an exhausting experience for you there's a lot there's a lot more pressure being placed on to these players and these pitchers to really come out and uh and do stuff and and really the starting rotation has been the biggest victim of that i think the starting rotation has had the the stress of you know you know we got to hold all right we allowed two runs we got to hold them here before you know, we, we, the floodgates open and hopefully we'll get a run to maybe tie it, you know, next inning or so. Um, the starting rotation, I feel like, has been the biggest um, victim of what you've just been describing as feeling the pressure on this. I mean, really, outside of Kyle Hendricks, uh, Jake Arrieta had a, a little bit of a rough outing in, in Milwaukee, um, but he's looked okay. Um, Trevor Williams has been two starts so far, one good, one not so good. Um, Zach Davies, same sort of thing. One good, one not so good. Um, and we saw Ad, uh, Adbert Alzali have the same, also the same result. One, one good until it kind of fell out of his hands, and uh, one really not good. And then Alec Mills um, got the start in Milwaukee for the uh, the ill Kyle Hendricks and did okay. Um, but regardless, the the starting rotation has had a ton of pressure I think on it more than any other part of this team. Cause when you're, when you're a pitcher, a starting pitcher and your offense is clicking, it's a little bit more easier to go into uh, uh, an outing. I think it would be like, okay, I can, you know, allow two or three runs and I know our guys are going to score seven, you know, or, or whatever it is. Cause we're just clicking right now. But when you're not even scoring more than three at some times, I mean, three runs, three, nothing is a very still close game. I mean, you get a walk, a base hit, and a home run, it's, it's a tie game, you know? Or as they say in the show, a bloop and a blast, and this game is tied, you know, or, or whatever, yeah. something like that. But regardless, it, 
these have been close ball games, and the Cubs have been able or should have been able to blow them out of the water, but they just haven't yet. Um, so, anyways, it's just been overall very frustrating. Um, we'll just have to wait and see if, if they get out of it. But, um, yeah, I, I'm on the boat of the, the starting rotation has had the biggest um, the, been the biggest victim of uh, the season so far in the Cubs offense. Yeah, and something's got to change sooner or later. And, like, I don't want to bring it up, but, like, you look at where their success was in 2016 with it. Like, the heart of that team was the offense, right? Yep. Yes, you had really good pitching, but I'd say a good chunk of that time, that pitching was coming out in the second or third inning with a two to three run lead to defend. And their closer wasn't being used um, ever because yeah. they, they were getting these massive leads. Uh, and there were no save opportunities. And so it's going to be tough because if the offense doesn't start picking up, you're going to start seeing this trickle down um, accordingly with it. Um, and and it would be vice versa, right? If the Cubs were hitting better and they were scoring four to five runs or even more uh, a game and the pitching was giving up seven or eight, we'd be saying the exact same opposite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just disappointing to see <laughs> um in a sense with it and un- unfortunately like the only thing we can really do is 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 wait and see what happens there there's not a ton of data to go off of currently to really fully say where this team is at um with it and it still strikes me as weird because you mentioned earlier how theo came in and said oh we're going to see a different offense but change yeah. next to nothing yeah sorry <laughs> force a habit yeah um but jed came in and said things are going to be different and and we saw more changes than we're used to seeing with it but really the core of this team is together um and so i think like the 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 60 games that were that were there obviously it's hard to come to a full conclusion um about the team and really be like oh yeah this guy's not going to hit anymore um based off of the numbers we're seeing but it sucks because we've seen this trend time after time um, with this Cubs offense. Um, and if you're a seasoned Cubs fan, like you're, you're ready for the worst. <laughs> yeah. You're ready for it to go downhill and you're ready for it to be bad. And I think this one hits a little harder than, than most Cubs downfalls that we've seen um, just because we, the bar was set higher. The, the expectations were different and, and we were, we were under a different impression well, when I, I this team was on was, that rise. Part of that, those expectations were given to us of what, um, what Theo and Jed and company set when they first arrived. And I, I don't know if, if it's pressure from ownership or what, but I feel like they haven't kept up those same strides. They have, they have been sticking to this core, you know, since day one, which don't get me wrong. Three NLCS appearances, a world series championship, super thrilled with it. And honestly, I would be too. I'd be I'd be sticking with them. But when things don't work, you know, you, you have to make changes. And that's what I'm saying again. I don't know if it's a, a management or an, an ownership thing. I, I don't know if it was a, just a bad timing with COVID. But when other teams are able to afford things and they were put in the same situation that the Cubs were, and the Cubs really just don't have any, um, you know, re- reply about certain things, that's frustrating. That's extremely frustrating from a fan's perspective. It makes it, this is me thinking ironically here, you know, after the whole, um, oh, you know, we're trying to save money and everything like that. Well, all of a sudden your product isn't as good on the field and fans who 
are already kind of sk- uh, skittish about coming to the ballpark because of COVID and everything, and and you know you're able to fill ten thousand fans. There's still a lot of people that I think aren't comfortable with coming to the ballpark yet, or they're waiting to get vaccinated or something. And let's face it, if the team isn't good, why are they going to waste money coming back to the ballpark when the Cubs are all of a sudden starting that downward spiral, when they could just wait for a few years until everything has passed and started up again? It's a little ironic, in my opinion, that that the Ricketts are doing this you know, whole you know, cost-saving effectiveness thing, or whatever you want to call it, and the fans just aren't quite showing up as I think as much as they thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it's, it very ironic. That's all. It, it, it's tough. And it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting haul for the season. And yeah. we're in for <sighs> my gut says best case scenario is we're in for a roller coaster where we're going to see stints of the Cubs being really good. And we're going to be seeing stints of the Cubs being really bad. Yep. And my only hope is I don't want this team to pick up and get us in this mindset of like, Oh, they're really, they've turned the corner. They just had a really bad start and no moves or no, nothing big happens at the trade deadline because they are playing good and maybe working at a, at a chance for the division. Mm -hmm. And then they tank again. And we see that same like, couple months where their offense just goes down the drain and they throw everything away and suddenly they're not in the playoffs and they're stuck with trying to figure out now like they have no they have no or little to no farm system you have now a whole bunch of guys who are unrestricted free agents um you're you'll have then craig kimbrell going into just one year left on his contract and all this value just goes away um Mm -hmm. with it and so it's it's a tricky spot to be in, right? Like, on paper, I think the Cubs could, technically speaking, look like a World Series caliber team. But obviously, that's not the case. Obviously, the performance isn't there, and and what's happening isn't going to be that. It's not realistic to say that anymore. But they're going to have choices to make because the the NL isn't getting any easier. The Mets are locked in for the long haul with really big contracts on really good players. The Dodgers are locked in for the long haul on really good contracts with a really good farm system and really good players. And you even see it with the Mets now with really good players who are on really good contracts. Mm -hmm. So what is the future of this team? How do you build it up from there? That's the million dollar question um, or hundred million dollar question if you're looking at extensions, but (laughs) who knows um at the end of the day with it and god i don't want to be jed hoyer right now because it's going to be tough because you really don't know and if you ask me uh if you let if the trade deadline was tomorrow i'm trading craig kimbrell and and getting a a haul and trying to refresh the system as, as much as i can I'm extending Chris Bryant and and making him the centerpiece of the team and then figuring it out from there and and maybe doing a potential mini rebuild and looking to make, to compete in a couple of years because I don't think they're ever going to come close to the Dodgers or the Padres or the Mets right now. What about Rizzo? Um, Would you let him go? I, I think the price has to be right for him uh, to, to stick with the team. Um, I think you know exactly the type of guy you're getting with Rizzo, and I, I, I do believe I, he he brings in leadership qualities with it and a gold glove at first base. 
So I certainly see no reason to not extend him. Um, it just depends on what the price is and what's kind of going on with the other players um, accordingly. With I just it. have, I just um, have a little bit. I, of I think a- it would definitely make sense if you're going to keep, if you're going to stick with Bryant, might as well keep Rizzo um, on board with him. Keep that 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 combo um, and see where it goes from there. Um, it certainly makes sense, especially for what Rizzo's done for the team and the the leadership qualities he brings um but i don't know there's a it's it's tough decisions for every single player yeah i guess for me my thing is is that i i would probably i'd probably be in the same boat as you a little bit but my my thing would be is that if you're gonna if you're gonna extend rizzo and bryant then i'm taking offers on everybody else um javi baez craig kimbrell um kyle hendricks <laughs> i mean everybody um granted rizzo and bryant might not want to be here during all of that so if you're going to go that direction and if you're being that transparent with him or with both of them i should say um then maybe they don't want to be a part of that especially for rizzo who's already dealt with a uh, 100 loss season and knowing what that's like and um granted you would love to have them in the locker room for um, the younger guy is coming up in through the system, but ultimately if you're going to do a, a partial rebuild here, it's going to take another two or three years or four years before you get some of those guys up. I mean, the, the ETAs, if you will, the, the estimated time of arrivals for those prospects that were acquired in the U Darvish trade are all like 2026. <laughs> like it, it's still like a long progressive, you know, development for them. Um, and honestly, you got to remember too, they're doing all of this without a GM. Yeah. <laughs> Jed Hoyer is the president of baseball operations and the general manager right now. They didn't hire a gen- they didn't hire a GM, even though Jed said that he was going to begin the search. And I don't know if they've just halted that because of COVID. I, you know, I, I don't know what the the deal is there, but ultimately, if if you're going to do that, I think you got to get a GM first. And if you're going to decide to part ways with any of those guys, I mean, you know, we heard Theo say before, nobody is quote unquote untouchable. If the right deal is there for you, you got to take it. Um, I think the only, I think Jerry Reinsdorf is the one that said the only guy that was untouchable was Michael Jordan in, <laughs> in this ever in sports. And granted that's a, a you know, a, a, a case, but I mean, any sort of situation where you can better the ball club for the future. I mean, honestly, if they're going to rebuild, I'd say just blow it all up. Just me personally. I wouldn't want to, if I were a Rizzo or a Bryant, if the money is there, that's one thing. Very interested to see if that happens. I just don't think it will. If the money is there, that's one thing, but knowing what the Cubs are doing right now and their financial statuses and whatnot, you still got Jason Hayward under contract. You've got a lot, a lot of money pent up. I wouldn't be surprised if they let all three walk with maybe the exception of Rizzo. I feel like they would pay Rizzo. Um, and ultimately just kind of, I mean, the the comparison I could see is like what the Blackhawks are doing right now. The Blackhawks are going through a rebuild, but they still have Kane, Keith, Jonathan Taves. I mean, they still have some of those core guys that are, are being um, valuable veterans to teach the younger guys like the um, Kirby Docs, the uh, 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 Peace Suter, um, you know, and all these other guys, uh, Adam Boquist, et cetera, Ian Mitchell, they're all 
being there and teaching these young guys how to be professionals. So if you're going to sign a Rizzo or a Bryant, that would be the only reason why you would keep them there because by the time you're ready to compete again, they probably aren't going to be ready to carry it. And you might have a prospect in the system that's just ready to come up and take over. So I, I don't know. It, it's all a big up and hypothetical for mess. me too. Big, but if you're going to It's a lot of up, hypotheticals for a lot of unknowns. A lot of and hypotheticals for two weeks into a baseball season. Strap in, lock in your seatbelt, get ready to go because boy, are we in for a ride. Um, speaking of seats, I just want to really quickly talk about um, – so I went to the Cubs game, uh, second game against the Pirates when they the first game they won this year. Um, so Cubs, if they keep losing and they only win at games I'm going to, you might want to help me out there, uh, at Cubs, maybe a little bit. But anyways, regardless, um, I just wanted to quickly go through because I had people asking me, you know, what was the game like? What, what were people doing? Um, first off, let me just say um, Wrigley staff was very, very much enforcing people wearing masks. Um, which I think is huge, especially when you got up and walked around the ballpark to like go to the bathroom or whatever masks were required to wear. Um, when you were sitting in your seat, I will say that there were definitely a little bit more leniency. Like people would have their masks on, but there were other people that took off their masks while they were sitting in their, you know, reserved areas, which, you know, take it or leave it for what you will. But, um, I will say that it was spaced out pretty, pretty good for what it, for what it's worth. I don't know what that's you know, like for many of the listeners out there, but it was spaced out to where, like, for example, I had three seats to my right and then the next pot of people over the row in front of me was empty. And then the row, uh, two rows ahead of me had people in front of me and the row behind me was empty and the row behind or two rows behind me, um, had people in it, but they were all scattered about and, you know, this social distance and whatnot. Um, I will say this, Dylan, this is where I would have been interested to see what your feedback was for the mobile ordering experience. I heard um, the app broke day one. What was that? <laughs> I haven't done any vending or heard much about it. I know the app broke between MLB day one on uh, opening day yeah. with it. Uh, they ran like the, I think like all the ordering is done through the MLB at bat app or yes. whatever the yep. MLB app is. And like something happened um, with it. And it just people weren't able to order anything. Well, you know what's uh, funny is I ordered two beers, one for my girlfriend and I, and it took them thirty five minutes to get it yeah, to us. Yeah, I think there was just a backup and, and things kind of well, got and weird. I asked one of the people, I said, you know, am I supposed to flat because the other thing is too is that they, they give you a video about how to do it, but they don't really tell you about like, you know, so when you place it the mobile order, you know, flag down a vendor or you know, whatnot. But it's even though it's delivered to your seat. So I'm seeing all these beer vendors walk past and I'm like, could I just flag them down and get them to say, I ordered on the app, show it. And then they just give it to me. I wasn't sure how all <laughs> of that worked. Um, but finally, they, no the, the usher explained that, no, there was just a, a big 30 minute you know delay with everything. So you were much more better off getting out of your seat to walk and grab a beer or two or whatever, and then go back to your seat, then ordering on the app. Um, so that was just my experience. And I don't blame the vendors because you guys I don't think had or the vendors I should say didn't have a lot of time to practice on it or anything like that and especially it doesn't help when the app breaks on day one <laughs> so I don't blame the vendors at all it was just a it was just my experience of just that it was just taking a while and you know I, I told the guy I'm like don't worry about you know taking forever he's like dude it's been apps I don't remember who I talked to but one one guy was one vendor was saying saying to me that it was you know super stressful because they just were getting all these orders and 
they're trying to, you know, be effective. But while they're going out and about trying to fill the mobile orders, people are flagging them down for beer. So they have to sometimes stop and go serve. It, w- it was just all over the place. Um, I'm sure it's a process that'll get cleaned up the yeah, more we get into the season and, 100%. and, with it. and, and it'll be interesting to see it. Cause like there's concerts planned for Wrigley this year. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of insane when to, to put that into context. And I think it's changing weekly um, with it, but it, it'll be interesting to see how the, the Wrigley field experience changes yeah. over time with it. Um, and, um, and what happens from there, but I'm sure interested to see, uh how that goes and i'm sure a lot of fans are as capacity might be going up i think it's going to hold steady for a while just because numbers are not changing here in the city yeah um, and they're doing the best um they can on that part but who knows um we're interested to see where it goes from there i'd love to hear from anyone here who's listening where you think the cubs are going to be in the next two weeks from now um yeah. are they going to be over 500 are we going to be way under 500 let us know i'd love to hear predictions um on that because i do not know i don't either we (laughs) don't either uh, so inform us be the experts let us know send an email to 108 bricks podcast at gmail.com add us on twitter 108 bricks podcast find us on facebook uh 108 bricks podcast find me on uh on facebook please don't actually i don't (laughs) use that at all um find me on twitter at hi underscore i'm underscore buck uh you can find me on twitter too my twitter handle is at curtis k underscore radio and that's where you can hit me up um we're trying to be more active on twitter so if you're a listener please you know feel free to follow us and you know tweet at us or something like that or you know just be more active with us be engaging send us an email you know, not that hard to do. Just send a quick over Gmail to, like Dylan said, 108 bricks podcast at gmail.com. And if you email us, we'll get you a little shout out or something. And if you are at the game, by the way, on any of the next two weekend games, so Saturday the 24th is another game I'm going to, as well as this Sunday the 18th. So this Sunday the 18th and uh, the 20, uh, 24th, if you go to section 129 row 7 Just and like you see me in seat yeah, 10 11 or 12 <laughs> say hi to me maybe i'll buy you a beer there you go that's a good incentive right if there. you that's find like me at the ballpark say that you listen to you can buy again you. section 129 row 7 seats 10 11 12 and 13 i'd be so impressed me, if someone finds you. i would be too so if if you're at the ball game on like i said the 18th or the 24th tell me Curtis, I listen to the podcast. I love it, and I'll go buy a beer. Boom. That works for me, and that's a good way to end it off. Go 100%. buy a, go go find Curtis, get a beer. That's going to be it for this podcast. <laughs> we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Yeah.